tonight on This Is Vinyl Tap. Shoot low, Sheriff. They're riding Shetlands. A man after my own heart with a razor. Will he, Willie? I think he will. The Texas Playboys are on the air. Everybody from near and far If you want to know who we are We're the Texas Playboys From the Lone Star State oh, no. And if you like the way we play Listen while we try to say yes. We're the Texas Playboys From the Lone Star State And all day long uh-huh. We're gonna sing this song yes. If you get this song You can't go wrong In 1948, Columbia Records introduced the 33 and a third RPM long player record. One year later, RCA Victor introduced the 45 RPM single. Listeners now had a choice, only the hits or the full album. In the last half of the 60s, the best bands realized the potential of the longer format and began to build a cohesive body of music that must be heard unbroken. The arrival of downloadable music has increased the temptation to stay in the shallow end with the hits. This podcast believes every album tells a story. Tonight, we tell one of those stories. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. Tonight, we have a violation podcast. Under normal circumstances, we apply a very strict rule. We only deal with albums in their entirety. We do not do collection of works. We are extremely strict with this rule, except for when we don't want to be. And tonight, we don't want to be. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to do a violation podcast. We're compelled to do this. Talking about Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys. Oh, yes. That was bad, Jim. (laughs) We absolutely have to do this. It's our obligation as citizens of the great republic. You know what I was thinking about, Doug, when I was thinking about Bob Wills and being a native Texan? It reminded me of that scene in Young Frankenstein when they play the violin or the fiddle in this case, and the monster all of a sudden is compelled by the music Mm -hmm. because it's in his blood. Uh-huh. I feel that way about this. Well, that's how it is. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined here tonight by Tony, who uh, you just heard from, uh, bringing the most obvious young Frankenstein <laughs> into the Bob Wills podcast. Hi, everybody. We are also joined by Jonathan J.M. Rowe, our very humble producer. Hello, everyone in podcast land. And I am Doug Cooper. You are? The host. At, at least tonight, yes. you are. Well, I think most times. I'm Douglas Cooper when I'm in trouble. <laughs> my mom calls Anyone me. Anyone ever call you Dougie? A lot of people call me Dougie. Uh, the ladies. <laughs> um, I've, a lot of y'all that know about Bob Wills are saying, who do these guys think they are to talk about Bob Wills? In preparation of that and in anticipation of that, <laughs> I have created a test for my two oh, uh, oh boy. team members here to prove that they <coughs> are qualified to talk about Bob Will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. There's four questions. I'm going to go ahead with question number one. A traveling sales. Hold on. Hold on. Are we supposed to uh, answer at the same time? What are the rules of this quiz? 
uh, you can answer whenever you want to. Okay, okay. But don't try to answer before the options are available. All right. There'll be some of these will be multiple choice, and okay. I, I'd encourage I you to hear all of them. Okay. All right. A traveling salesman comes to your home. You're listening to Bob Wills loud. You open the door, and he says, "Oh gosh, that music's horrible. Why does that guy keep hollering?" <laughs> What do you do first? Okay. Order of operations question. Uh, call an attorney. <laughs> Hide the weapon. <laughs> or bury the body. Uh, well, I think you bury the body. I think you bury the body, yeah. And you hide the weapon. Yeah. Then you call the attorney. Yeah. Okay. I don't know the answer to that one. I think they're all fine answers. Here's, here's another good one for you. <laughs> Are you ready? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're familiar with the Grand Ole Opry? I am. Yes, I am. Where is it? It's in Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. And I think we can all the agree. The Ryman. The Ryman Auditorium. That's, yeah, we can all agree that that's Hotel. the home of country music. I think we uh, can agree with sure. that. Sure. But when you cross that Red River, Hosses, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean a thing because... Once, once you're in Texas, Bob Wills, Wills is still, is still the, king. the king. Oh, you both got it! Congratulations, very good, very good. Okay, here's another one. This is hard. Okay, which brings greatest shame to a Texan? Putting beans in your chili. <laughs> <laughs> Had to stop my son from doing that the other day. I'm a vegetarian, guys. That's uh, all I got. Uh, <laughs> being a vegetarian, then you just have. Bean soup. You don't call it. Chill. All right. That's, I don't want to get distracted. Line dancing or not teaching your child about Bob Wills. Oh, it's got to be number three. Number three is correct. Yes. Very good. If very good. If the kid doesn't know about me, you've done something wrong if you haven't taught your kid about Bob Wills. Okay. Here's the last one. If you have more Garth Brooks albums than Bob Wills albums, you're from Oklahoma. <laughs> well, this is a this is a fill in the blank. If okay. you have more uh, Garth Brooks albums than Bob Wills albums, you are what kind of person? A bad a, person. A terrible person. A horrible, person. horrible person. An Oklahoman. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> not that there. Not, not that, that there's a correlation. Wrong with being but, but I believe the man is from Oklahoma. So Which that man? may oh Garth Garth so that may yeah, be why that would be the that, case. What is that Reno? What's that little town outside Oklahoma City? I used to pastor. I don't. I hope I did not I offend know. our. We offended Oklahoma. them last week when we made fun of forty. You did. Okay, was that me? I can't you, you kept. You kept <laughs> oh, for some reason saying the score of the game. I don't yeah. recall what that was. Well, I've, you? I've embraced a great deal of humility since the other <laughs> half of Oklahoma came and kicked our butt. So <laughs> I repent. I repent. Okay, so. Why are we talking? And just to be fair, Bob Wills is buried in Tulsa, so it's kind of hard to bad yeah, mouth. He spent a lot of he did lot spend a lot of time there. there. Yeah. So there goes one of our connections. Um, <laughs> sorry, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jonathan J M Rowe. Yes. Why are we talking about the King of Western Swing? He is probably one of the most, I think, underrated musicians in music i mean if you're in texas and you ha you know anything about western swing yes he's he's the king but um i think that you know i i knew about bob wills through my dad we used to uh, frequently drive through dumas texas and my dad would always sing ding dong daddy i'm a ding dong i'm a ding dong daddy from dumas bay you ought to see me do my stuff while pop from polecat holler i 
don't want to get round. You want to know just what we got. Got good rhythm and swing it hot. I'm a ding dong dad from Dumas, baby. Y'all seem to mind. So that's how I started getting into knowing who Bob Wells was. But he is, there are so many things that that are that are so important about him. He is probably, you know, other guys had kind of flirted with this, but nobody has mastered bringing Western music and jazz together quite the way that Bob Wills has. He, he it's it's Western swing, but there is something, you know, it's not the, uh, you know, like the Ernest Taub Western swing. It's it, it's a very, um, it's, the musicianship is crisp. The chords are complicated. It he. Something like uh, you just—it's never been heard before. It, it's very, very original. Tony, do you put pumpkin into your soup? Into my soup? No. <laughs> if you were Bob Wills, you would put pumpkin in your soup. You'd put ice cream in your soup. You would put mayonnaise in your soup. What am I getting at, Tony? I don't know. What are you getting? He's at? getting. He brings in all elements. Oh, I see what Bob you're saying. Bob Wills oh. is like uh, that well, thing that you rub on your soup to get the fur off. Oh yeah. Just but, rolled it down the street. It picks up everything. It's, yeah, and, and I think it's I think it's fair to talk about just briefly about the fact that um, I I would hope we would all agree to this. Maybe we wouldn't. That Bob Wills is not important because of his prowess on the fiddle. No, because he was not, by all accounts, a great fiddle player. What he was able to do is bring all these disparate elements in, as you're talking about music, but also almost to a person when you read interviews with. Ex Playboys, Texas Playboys, they talk about how much harder they felt like playing when they were around him. Like yeah. the guy just just brought something out of these guys um, that just made made what they were doing something special. I think you know we've talked about it, bands you would like to have played in. I would have loved to have played in this band. It, it sounds like they were just having so much fun. Yeah, the is there another band playing. that sounds like they're just tearing it up and having a yeah. blast every time you listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to say something. It might be controversial. Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys are not good at not having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, JM, I, I believe you picked Little Joe the Wrangler. Little Joe the Wrangler, he'll wrangle never more. His days with the Remuda, they are old. Was a year ago last April. No, I picked okay. Roly Poly. Okay. Um, there's a very sad song called Little Joe the Wrangler <laughs> that is very famous. A lot yeah. of people covered it. Bob Wills does a great job with yeah. it. But he Marty fails Robert. to <laughs> make it sad. <laughs> make it sad. The, the kid gets in the middle of a, a stampede, stampede and he's yeah. uh, smashed to a pulp. Yep. And there, Bob Wills, he goes, there he was, smashed to a pulp, and Bob Wills has to give it a little, oh. <laughs> he tries to give a sad, oh. Yeah, he, he doesn't really have do a sad, oh. <laughs> it is, uh, it's celebratory music. This is mm-hmm. dance music. Mm-hmm. And when I say dance music, I'm not, I'm not talking about the kind of dancing that's done nowadays where it's the same as watching the animal shows on uh, Discovery Channel. <laughs> um, this is, this is uh, of course, dancing uh, with the partner. Yeah. And not line dancing, by the way. Okay, so where'd Bob Wills come from? Uh, well, he was born in Croce. No, Co- wait. Cro- yeah, Cosi, Texas. Cosi, Cosi yeah. Texas. Yeah. In uh, Lyme, 
Limestone uh, County for yep. all those people outside of Texas. Uh, I watched the interview of Bob Wills. He was saying he was in East Texas. This is right by Waco. So yeah. I don't, you have to be from West Texas to think Waco's East Texas. <laughs> and, and where he grew up was He's pretty, pretty west. Pretty west. Uh, oh, you mean after Croce? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that used to be in my territory when I lived in the Panhandle. Yeah. And I would go to the Bob Wills Festival every year. I, he I, grew up in Hall County, Texas, between Lakeview and Turkey, Texas. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can still go to Turkey and go to Bob Wills. They were a bunch of uh, inebriated uh, students from Texas Tech who would never heard of Bob Wills. <laughs> we'll all be out there driving their trucks through the mud. And the, the time I, my wife and I went, it was great. It was I didn't see any of that, but I saw a bunch of – we were the youngest people there – and mm-hmm. there were just you'd walk, wander through the sea of RVs, and, and there'd, there'd just be guitars. people playing mm-hmm. just really? together. Wow, oh, it was incredible! And then, nice. of course, the surviving Playboys were playing. Wow! Um, and yeah. the schoolhouse in Turkey, since Turkey no longer maintains a ISD, the schoolhouse is now a museum. Museum, yeah, a great museum too. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a senior center and museum. You get to see. I think it's the first Grammy or one of the first Grammys ever awarded. In that oh, museum, I didn't know that. That is, yep. And of course, in Austin, we have a minor shrine to him at the spoke, at the broken spoke. Yeah. Uh, James White used to be proud of saying he's probably the only person in in uh, alive that has a half smoked Bobble cigar on display. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would hold on to that too. Yeah, I would. Okay, so let's let's we we got this young boy from Texas. His father is. The state champion fiddler. Yep. Uh, he has a musical family, all all, all of the family. Uh, all the family, yeah. And uh, we're talking about a time. Did we even talk about when we're talking about? No. Everybody thinks since I'm talking, it's probably uh, 1971 <laughs> or 69 or something. You, you need to drop back about 40 years. Yeah. That's right. We're, we're talking about, I guess he was born in ought something. He was born in 1905, March of 1905. He... Is born into this uh, family of musicians and cotton farmers. I guess we can scoot on to Turkey. They go to Turkey, Texas. They're living in Hall County, mm-hmm. county seat of Hall County. Anybody know? Memphis. Memphis. I should know that. Yeah. <laughs> Memphis, Texas, that is, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So is, is that the second largest Memphis in, uh, in, the, in the country? <laughs> I can't answer that question. Uh, last time I was in Memphis, it was really sad. It was, it was declining as all those panhandle towns are. Yeah. yeah, I've been there. I was there recently, actually. So they're playing big dances. They'll play what were, were called ranch dances, where all the people on the ranch would come, and, and uh, they would get money for that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and in their own house, they would... There would be, there were between two rivers uh, in Hall County. The Red River split in half there. Uh, the Canadian and... Uh, no, it's Canadians way north of there, but oh. Red River split into two halves and comes oh. together down around Childress, I think. Oh. But oh, speaking of Childress... Bob Wills went to this is this is what I get back to the soup the Bob Wills soup how he pulled something from everywhere you know what the best show he ever saw was no Bessie uh-huh. Smith Bessie he, Smith huh? he, he went all the way from um, Memphis down to uh, Childress and saw, and Bessie, saw Smith. Bessie Smith down there and uh, just really loved her so uh, this guy's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I think when people hear that. They go, oh, gosh, that's silly. But if you listen, <laughs> you listen to what he's doing with rhythm and blues and guitars. I, the, fir- the earliest distortion I can think of is Eldon Shandon doing a distortion on San Antonio. Or yeah. San Antonio. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I think that's appropriate because he was laying well, the groundwork for that. Yeah. And, and I, if I zoned out there, I apologize, but it's appropriate also because I heard an interview with him recently. It was online and he was talking about one of the elements that made Western Swing Western Swing was that all of the instruments were, were amplified. Right. Mm-hmm. We'll talk, talk a little bit later when we kind of talk about the history slightly, but the very first, it wasn't him, but the very first electric instrument recorded was a steel guitar on a Western Swing song, or okay, Western, cool. from a Western Swing band. So. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. Making those Hawaiian noises, yep. as uh, Mark Knopfler <laughs> calls them. Yep. <laughs> Another thing that was uh, unique about them was they actually had a drummer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, you know, there were swing bands and stuff, and some of the blues, you know, some of those New Orleans uh, jazz bands had, had drummers, but... It wasn't so big in country music, and that's one of the things that uh, he caught hell for trying to play the uh, Grand Ole Opry. Was that, that and the actually, amplification, the drums and the and amplification. The, yeah, the drum. He was violating all the Opry rules. He was. Yeah, he was. Which is what Texans do when they go to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, he did manage to get his drums up there. They came up with a compromise where the drums would be behind the curtain, and then the curtain somehow came down. <laughs> <laughs> That's so silly when you uh-huh. think about it. Well, so yeah. So he know, was that bougie woogie music yeah. that gets into the souls of our children and corrupts them. Yeah. But going back to his history a little bit, he was, you know, you're talking about his family being so adept at instruments. His brothers, um, I think one brother became a drummer and the other went bass to player. bass player. But that, I mean, I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. <laughs> and Bob Wills, was a fiddle player, and he learned to play that at a pretty early age, and he also learned to play mandolin, although I don't know if there's any recordings of him actually playing mandolin. Well, when you got Tiny Moore in your band, you don't, yeah. you don't yeah, need Bob Wills playing mandolin. Don't need mandolin. <laughs> electric mandolin. Yeah, yeah you don't making, need... <laughs> making noises that I can't believe somebody hasn't copied in, yeah. in, a, in a more modern... Well, band. when I first heard him play, just a br- brief side, I didn't think that was a mandolin. Yeah, no, well, I that was a guitar. And then you feel like it's a mandolin. You're like, Holy it cow! It reminds me of yeah. that little Telecaster that Alvin Crow plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, we got a lot of people who are wondering why they're listening to this. So I want to I want to talk about some songs. I guess the most fa- famous song he uh, sings is "New San Antonio Rose." Deep within my heart lies a melody, a song of old San Antonio. Where in dreams I live with the memory Beneath the stars all alone It was there I found Yeah, although it wasn't, it's not his biggest hit, but it's by far the song I think he's most associated with. Isn't I think, I won't even say it's a state, it's like the state song or some sort of, they got some sort of I designation. I think it's the, uh, yeah, it's not the state song. Well, but no, it's, the state it's, song is... Yeah, Texas. But so I got some sort of designation as like the official Western swing song of Texas or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I think it's that and Yellow Rose of Texas both get kind of put in. And that. he plays both of those at some point. Of yeah. course, he plays everything at some point. One of the yeah. interesting things I was watching in an interview is they said they would never have a set list. Nobody in the band had any idea what they were going to play. <laughs> and Eldon Shannon said, it was better that way. You didn't fall asleep. You were on your toes the whole well, time. Tommy Duncan supposedly knew knew by memory close to 3,000 songs. He doesn't look that smart. <laughs> Boy, can he sing. He, Boy, can, he sing. can sing. Ladies and gentlemen, the famous Tommy Duncan. Uh, we're going to talk about him, too. He's the 
He's the voice of the Bob Wills band and, until an unfortunate breakup. So anyway, we got these guys in uh, Turkey. Who wants to take it from there? So he's he's a barber in Turkey. Works at Ham's Barbershop because he went to barber school to make a living. After he jumped on a freight. And, yeah. But he's trying to make it. He was talking, I think in this interview, I, I, I can't remember the price, but I think he said something like he was getting 10 cents a haircut and he couldn't make a living off that. So he goes to Fort Worth, my hometown, and uh, 1929, and he ends up forming the Wills Fiddle Band. So originally, it's just three guys in that band it's Bob Wills, Herman Arnspiger, and Milton Brown who joins as a vocalist in 1930. So then he, uh, so they get a show on KFJZ radio when he is funny, kind of a funny story. When he shows up the, um, to the radio station, the program director asks Bob Wills, what kind of music they play. And his only response was different. (laughs) (laughs) So he's got a show on that station. And I think it's probably about this time. We should talk about Wilbert Lee O'Donnell. Otherwise known as, Pappy. Pappy O'Daniel. Yeah, he took over. He was born in Ohio, but he ended up taking over the advertising for Burris Mills Flower Company in Texas in, in the late 20s. And there was this idea, of, a very, very unique idea of linking radio advertising and advertising to promote the company's light crust flower. <laughs> and I did, didn't know this until recently. Evidently, that idea came, actually came from the, the guys in the band. Is that they right? approached him. And, I did not yeah, know. Yeah. Huh. Because originally, Pappy O'Daniel only wrote advertising copy for the shows, and it was actually canceled after two weeks because he thought he didn't wasn't didn't really care for their hillbilly music. <laughs> so Bob Wills ends up sitting outside in his, his outside office, outside of Pappy O'Daniel's office, to try to convince him to get the band to do the show again. And in some accounts, he sat out there for three, up to three days to try to get to him. I don't know if that's true or not, or apocryphal, but he eventually gets him, talks to him. They have a conversation. He says he needs a job. He wants to work. Pappy O'Daniel insults him and says, that's the first time I've ever heard a musician wanting a job or wanting to actually work. (laughs) But they end up cutting a deal where they would get $7 and 50 cents a week. But into the bargain, all three of them would have to work for the flower company. So Bob Bob Wills drove a truck, Arnspiger worked on the dock loading flour, and Milton Brown was uh, had a job selling uh, the flour to retailers. Oh, yeah, I did not know that. that. But they tire of this. They go to they go to Papio Daniel and they say, "Listen, we can't do both. We got to do one or the other." He agrees, allows them to focus on playing, but because he's paying them, they have to practice at the mill for eight hours a day. And so he builds them a practice room, gives them a, a, a record player huh. and uh, all these modern records and tells them to learn them. And they sit in there and they learn these learn these things off the records. And, you know, that's how they, they kind of expand their, their set list. But didn't they, they change their name at this point? They went from being the Wills? Well, yeah, they weren't the, they weren't the Wills. They weren't the Wills String Band anymore. Thanks, Jam. They, yeah, changed their name to the Light Crust Doughboys. <laughs> yeah, like Crystal Boys. And that's where the the original announcement, as you heard in the beginning, where it says we're the Texas Playboys for the Lone Star State. It was originally we're the Light Crust Doughboys. And I forget what this it wasn't from the Lone Star State. It's just like and we're on the air or something like yeah. that. But that's it's it's hard to imagine how big a deal flower was back then. Yeah. But that was a 
big, very competitive. I mean, they, they make the bags uh, so that women can make dresses out of yeah, the bags. Yeah. And, they, <laughs> I, and I think uh, I think there's other flower companies that had bands too. They did. Yeah, they did. Uh, and just so people know, for, for those of you who've seen, and I'm sure everyone listening has seen, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The uh, Charles Durning character is named Papio Daniel in that, and he's based on this gentleman who actually... I ran that. ran I for that. governor, one one two terms as governor of Texas. He was a populist along the same lines as Huey Long. And he actually beat a very young LBJ for the Senate seat as well. So yeah. he 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 was ambitious, very ambitious. Yeah. But he did not pay the band very well. And so Milton Brown ends up leaving because of issues with pay. And yeah. he starts his own band, the musical Brownies. Sweet Jenny Lee, from Sunny Town. I just want to take a brief aside for that to talk about this gentleman I mentioned earlier, Bob Dunn. So Bob Dunn was the steel guitarist for the musical Brownies. And uh, he, as I said, he's he's a very first recording of an electric steel guitar it was in 1935 on the on a Milton Brown record, and he came across this amplification issue or issue whatever uh, rig. He was walking through Coney Island, he saw a black street performer playing this rigged up guitar. Through, he, this guy had rigged up an acoustic guitar through some amp, uh-huh. and he was fascinated by it. So he studied it. Um, he actually, there's a story that he followed this same musician down to New Orleans to figure out what the guy was doing. Huh. But anyway, he ends up doing his own sort of version of that. And it, but instead of playing a guitar, he starts playing this Hawaiian, this Hawaiian lap steel through it. Yeah. Um, and around the same time as when other musicians started doing that, they started jerry rigging amps and bringing in electrified instruments into the recording. Yeah, studio. they would take radios apart and uh, all you know things like that to <laughs> actually make uh, guitar amps. Right, and right. Because there were no, there weren't such things as guitar amps at this time, nor electric guitars. Yeah. There weren't no Rickenbacker. Yet. No Rickenbackers. Well, Rickenbackers came out about this time. I think. But you know, a brief aside. I one of my favorite bands uh, in Austin in the early, well, not early in the 2010s is when I discovered them. Uh, was a Western swing band, and the steel guitarist played a Rickenbacker steel, which I didn't know they made. Yeah, pedal steel. that's like their original. Yeah, it was really cool yeah. too. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, you can cut that out if you want to. But um, <laughs> we might get a uh, promotional deal with Rick. <laughs> Just to finish up the Milton Brown story, because he is an important person in Western Swing. He's considered the father of Western Swing. Bob Wills is a king. Milton Brown's considered the father He's because... Done. He kind of invented it. He invented it, and had yeah. he not died in a car wreck in 1936, he had narcolepsy and he fell asleep or oh, whatever. I don't know if that's a proper term for somebody who has narcolepsy, but he uh, fell asleep behind the wheel of the car on the way home from a gig in Fort Worth, and it well, killed I thought him. it was tired. No, he had, he had narcolepsy. So that's where the goats fall asleep. On yeah, those, those videos, those fainting goats. So <laughs> sorry, I, ladies and gentlemen, that was highly insensitive. <laughs> yeah, so he ends up dying, and the kind of torch is passed to Bob Wills to carry on this tradition. But when Milton Brown leaves the Light Crust Doughboys, in comes who, guys? Tommy Duncan. Tommy Duncan. Tommy Duncan, who was born in Whitney, Texas. Little Whitney. And he was um, hired. He sang. So he beat out 68 other guys singing for that band. 
He was hired. Including Ben Crosby. That's that? not true, ladies and gentlemen. I just made that up. <laughs> Although he sounds a lot like him. He does sound um, like a Western version of him. But he uh, he won the job by singing a version of Emmett Miller's I Ain't Got No Buddy. And what impressed Bob Wills was that Tommy Duncan could yodel and he could mm-hmm. lose phrasing. And, and uh, he sounds lonesome when he sings that song. He does. He does. Yeah. And so he's he becomes part of the the Light Crust Doughboys. Um, but then a year after uh, Milton Brown leaves and Tommy Duncan becomes a singer, O'Daniel fires Wills for missing too many broadcasts, likely because Bob Wills liked the... He, liked he was to, in church a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he liked to imbibe. Yep. So he'd, he would miss shows. But, yeah. he, but Bob Wills ends up taking... Tommy Duncan with them, and they moved to Waco, I believe. Yep. And uh, that's where things start to kind of take off for them. <laughs> so one, one, of the, one of the most famous stories about the band is they end up getting um, they end up getting a recording contract with Brunswick Recording Corporation, who they're later later become part of Columbia guys. Connection. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they they end up going to Dallas in 1935 mm-hmm. to record their first recording session, and this is it's a 13 piece band at this, not a count, counting Wills, and it's 13 men and one woman counting Wills. So it's Bob Wills on fiddle, the great Tommy Tommy Duncan on vocals, Johnny Lee Wills tenor banjo. Son Lansford on bass. Jim, feel free if you want to talk about any of these guys. Unfortunately, I don't know anything about it. Everett, Everett Stover on trumpet. Zeb McNally on saxophone and clarinet. Herman Arsberger on guitar. Art Haynes, trombone and fiddle. Jesse Ashlock, fiddle. The great Leon McAuliffe on steel guitar. Yep. Sleepy Johnson, guitar and tenor banjo. So I'm, I know this is boring, guys. But you, know, you know what Leon's uh, nickname was? Tiny. <laughs> no, that's Tiny Moore. Yeah, his, his nickname was Ears. Ears, mm-hmm. and they also called him. I, th- I think they called him Smoke, because they, they said he was so clumsy that if if he was coming to sit down, everybody would pick their drink up because they were pretty sure he was going to knock their drink over when he stumbled and <laughs> fell into the table. Or something. Anybody that plays the steel guitar as well as him be that clumsy? I guess I he know. saved all his coordination for the top half of his body. I guess yeah, but so. They they yeah. said that he could trip over smoke. That's funny. <laughs> The interesting oh. thing was that they had a woman named Ruth McAllister yeah. who was a, f- a fiddle player and vocalist. Al Strickland played piano. Yeah. Anyway, the, the funniest thing about that recording session is it gets off to a rocky start. <laughs> Art Satherly is the is the producer yeah. for um, Brunswick, and he says to Wills when they walk in and he sees all these horns, because we don't want any horns. And Bob Wills goes, I got along before I met you fellas. And I can still get along. I will either use horns or I'm going back to Tulsa and will not record a thing. Oh! Yeah. And Satherly was kind of shocked by that, you know, because yeah. this is a recording session. He's got this guy in here and he's like, well, this is... But he ended up acquiescing. But he said to Wills, use the horns. This won't sell. Yeah. That's what they said to Southside. They did. As soon as Southside's album came out, his first album, the, the you know, Billboard magazine that yeah. same week said... Horn music is dead. (laughs) And then the the famous part of the story is they start recording and Bob Will starts doing what, guys? He starts a hollering, as he they say. What makes Bob holler? Yeah, I bet you Bob. He likes to interject. For those who have not listened to a lot of Bob Will's, he likes to interject sometimes with a holler of some sort. Sometimes with by calling out 
band members' names or just or making up for just whatever comes to the top. Well, you know where a lot of the things that I said at the beginning of the program, like shoot low, sheriff. They're yeah. right in Shetland. So. You know, you know where that came from? Nope. Black musicians. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. We, we, we skipped that part. We did kind of skip that in, part. Uh, he would he when he was a child, he parents or his family would hang out with a lot of black families in that the, in that the, area. They were working the cotton yeah, farms. They worked there, the, yeah, they worked. Yeah, and so he became very acquainted with blues and and a lot of the, the spirituals and stuff and you know um, and the dances and the mm-hmm. dances and you know there was a lot of call and response and and that's where he got all that's that where from. he got all that and yeah. he just he couldn't help himself yeah so he starts a hollering and sadly <laughs> again took issue stops the recording session and uh and tells wills he can't do that because he's covering up the musicians he's like you can't you can't do it he's a british guy he's like you gotta do all that hollering <laughs> and uh according to leon mcculliffe Everyone in the band heard him tell that. He, no one had ever talked to Bob Wills that way. And so they're all sitting there trying not to bust a gut laughing because <laughs> they know what's coming, right? Yeah. And, and, of course, Bob goes, is that right? And he's like, yeah. So he turns to the band and he says, pack it up, boys. We're going home. <laughs> and Sadler's like, no, 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 no. And Wills goes, no, no. You hired Bob Wills, didn't you? By God, you want Bob Wills, you get Bob Wills. And I talk and sing and say what I want to when I feel like it. <laughs> And I I have a quick public service announcement for our audience. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, when I first heard Bob Wills, I had been told by my dad and my grandfather and all these people how wonderful he was. Uh, When I first heard him, I was so ready for him to stop making all these noises. I know, yeah. Uh, Now, if someone, there, there are a few recordings where he doesn't do much of that. Yeah, it doesn't. Especially sound later, right. yeah. Well, it doesn't it doesn't sound like the Texas Playboys. Yeah, it's funny you say that because later on, when he would record and not holler, Art Sadly would ask his wife, "Where's Bob's aha?" <laughs> it's like you know, this guy who hated it ended up seeing it as yeah, seeing it as a uh, you know, uh, as part of what he was signature. doing. Yeah, and what was he recording on? Uh, wax, wax. Oh yeah, and <laughs> that was another thing. There's a there's a story that you know. So what you would do back then is if you didn't get the song right, you would have to would have to basically kind of melt the the record the record again, and then you you would get another one, yeah. and you would level but, out the platter. But the other wow. thing that would happen is, especially in Dallas where it's hot, if you didn't keep the wax disc cool. They would start melting. Oh, wow. So they had their stories of them recording in their underwear and having ice blocks all around and putting the discs on. And he was pretty prolific when they would play. So he would they would record a whole bunch of stuff, and there would just be these discs on top of ice blocks. Uh, one other thing I want to say, there's Bob Wills actually had, he, around this time, and I'm not sure how he got it, but there is a Guad, Guagdagnini violin, which... They were fantastic violins. They're, they're on the uh, you know on the Stradivarius. They're um, uh, you know that they're that good. Um, they're from the ni- uh, early 18th century. They were from Italy, and for some reason, Bob Wills bought one for the unheard of price of sixteen hundred sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah, when it should have gone for seventy six hundred dollars. So somehow he got this incredible violin, which he used for much of his life. 
What's a violin? Uh, J.M. reads the New Yorker magazine, so he's got a, I mean, he has an audience that I'm not sure there was such a thing as a fiddle in the early 18th century in Italy. If Bob Wills is touching, it's a fiddle. (laughs) That's just like what Ma Ferguson said. If English is good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for our school kids. (laughs) And then one of her cabinet said, Jesus didn't speak English, he spoke Latin. (laughs) <laughs> well, as a papist, I can get that. Yeah, I get I, behind that. I somewhere. get it. I get it. Um, well, that's yeah. amazing. So he paid what one sixteen hundred dollars for man. a seventy six hundred dollar violin. You know how much that? Is that I know. No, it's probably it's not. Is. It's not in the schoolhouse in Turkey. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. anyway, so uh, are, we, are we ready to go to the world famous cane? Uh, yeah, please Hall? do. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to go up to. Tulsa again. Yeah. Here we are Tulsa. with the Tulsa sound. Yeah. <laughs> Back to this uh, is about as far away from JJ Kill as you could possibly get. It's uh, although so I'm sure they both lo- would love each other. The uh, yeah, the Doug Cooper rule on the Tulsa sound, no such thing. So they go to Tulsa <laughs> and they start playing Kane's ballroom which is still there mm-hmm. uh, um, i saw eric johnson is scheduled to play there not too oh, that's long. cool yeah. mm-hmm. uh, apparently it's, this is a hall that's supposed to hold about 1200 people they would sometimes it, it was a former grocery store i think right that sounds possible yeah yeah i, I know my grandfather they used to have sh- uh supermarket openings and Bob Wills would go around playing openings for the supermarkets. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, th- I think my dad said he remembered his grandfather taking him to one of those wow. when he was really young. Anyway, I didn't have that opportunity. The closest I got is I met one of his widows at a, at a Playboy reunion at the old Grant at the Austin Opera House once upon a time. Wow. Uh, it's a wonderful event for her. Yeah. Uh, chance to meet me. Um, the uh, <laughs> so Canes in in Tulsa became their headquarters, and they were playing there two or three times a night and filling up the place. And this sounds like something really really cool because Eldon Shannon and uh, Smokey, uh, what's his face, uh, the drummer, were talking. Dawkins. Dawkins, yeah. They were they were talking about how people would bring these pallets in, and the whole wall would be lined with babies. <laughs> they would they would bring their <laughs> Babies and small children and put them on the pallets, on and, and then go dance. Bed and then they go dance. <laughs> How could you sleep through that stuff? Well, you seen babies before? Yeah, I've had two of them. Yeah. Well, they sleep. They're different than us. We have to get up and complain about. Well, stuff. you know, just real quick, going back to the amplification thing, Bob Wills said that the reason that was so important, he used to sing through a megaphone. Yeah. And the reason it was so important is because they would play these dances with all these people, and they couldn't hear the music before it was amplified. And that's what absolutely changed what they did is as soon as they could start putting yeah. their stuff through and getting it so everybody could hear it, it just completely yeah, changed the, the dynamic. The invention of the microphone was just, it allowed people like Tommy Duncan to be able to, and Frank Sinatra and those kind of guys, it allowed them to actually use their voice. They didn't have to scream through them. They didn't have to sing through a megaphone. Yeah, you didn't have to. They didn't have to project to the back of the theater like yeah. an opera singer does. yeah. Yeah, that, I, I think that the amplification of uh, the voice changed music probably more than anything else did. It yeah. made all different kinds of singing possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they have a they start perfecting their sound and everything in this Kane's ballroom situation. We're getting pretty close to the time where he uh, he has to go off to war. 
They all do. They all yeah. joined yeah. the army for World War Two. Yep. And uh, he's discharged with a medical discharge of some sort. He looks like he's still hopping around pretty good. Well, Tommy Duncan there. also was, I believe, wasn't he also discharged for medical with a medical I, discharge? I don't know that part. I could be wrong about yeah. that. But, but then it, it, at some point around this time, they, they go to California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they become the biggest deal in the country. They're out earning Tex Ritter. I mean, well, they're out, all those big bands, all the big swing bands, Benny Goodman and uh huh, and what's his face, James Henry James. Yeah, and they're 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 just raking it in. It's big big time. They're out in uh, in L.A. Yeah, just pulling in globs of money, and they're going up and down the West Coast, just pulling in and globs. And they've got fancy new vehicle that they had specially made that has that well it actually was a light cross doughboys vehicle and then they bought it and refurbished it and it's got this nice it looks like a bus but it also looks like a car it, it was a perfect storm too because they hit to L, they head to la post-war and l and or california is full of people from texas and oklahoma mm-hmm. and all these all these dust bowl refugees that go out there and stayed yeah. And it's a perfect storm. And yeah. all these people want to listen to this stuff. Is, is They want to listen to Western Swing and they want to dance. And by all accounts, they, they work hard and they want to play hard. Yeah. So And there was something else that was happening to them. They were starting to show up in movies. Ah, <laughs> that's right. That's what Bob Wills made 19 movies. Yeah, 19 movies. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, they are so good. <laughs> <laughs> the well, acting is is strong. You can you cannot tell that anyone is acting. As, I, I, if, I, if, if you liked Out of Africa, I was doing research for this. I came across film that the Light Crust Doughboys were in after Bob Wills and Tommy Duncan leave. But what's fascinating about it is somebody is hollering while all these guys are playing. So obviously they were trying to yeah imitate the in. Bob Wills stuff. It was yeah. it's kind of fascinating. I kept looking to see that that doesn't look what's going on here, and then I realized it was recorded after he'd left the band. <laughs> yeah, as bad as these films are, it's it, worth watching. It, it's, it's worth, worth watching, watching because yeah. Bob Wills looks like a cartoon. Yeah. He looks <laughs> he like really a does. Warner Brothers cartoon with very jerky, strange movements. Yeah, a lot of which I think he picked and up. A lot of weird, strange dancing, and yeah, he used to be a, a minstrel player. He doing did jigs. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, that goes to when you're watching this, it goes to my comment about, and this isn't a knock on him, but my comment about him being a fiddle player, a good fiddle player, because he very rarely plays a fiddle in these things. He's <laughs> pointing the bow at people. Yeah. He's nodding the fiddle at people. He's dancing around like a crazy person um, and hollering. He, he, he most, that, that was one of the ways he'd let the band know what song was coming. Yeah, he'd, yep. yeah. Yes, he'd put the, the first couple of measures down and then mm-hmm. they'd all yeah. jump on board. Uh, yeah. The spontaneity of this band, I think, would be fascinating. Yeah. And no one knows when they're going to have the solo yeah. dumped on them. Yeah. Hey, Herbie. What? <laughs> hey, Doug, I know you're hosting this, but I have a question for you because I think, oh, it's, I think it's interesting. We don't have rules like that, Tony. Can you talk about the Tiffany transcriptions? Because well, I think that's now a that really out, cool thing. Now that we're out in California, one of the things that they were doing, I forgot to mention, in Tulsa's they're playing on KVOO. Yeah. And it's yeah. one of the... 50,000 watt blowtorch stations that like, were so popular. A quote unquote clear channel station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not not the capital clear channel, yeah. but the type of the ch- type station. Of ch- station. That's right. So yeah. these are the ones you could 
pickup all over, especially at night. You can mm-hmm. get these all yeah. over. They're still what's it? What's the one in San Antonio? It's still there. Um, WOAI. Yeah, so they're still around, but they don't play good music anymore. <laughs> they're so they're out in, in uh, California, and uh, that's a that's a sound effect, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, they're out in California, and they they creep up the coast to San Francisco, and they start playing in the Fairmont Hotel. And they're broadcasting on uh, KGO AM. There's only three. KGO AM in San Francisco. Playboys uh, would be on that radio station. And they were not confined to the limitations of a 78. They were able to uh, lay down longer tracks. And uh, these are all available on the Tiffany transcriptions. And those aren't very easy to find. If you ever find one, buy it immediately. I think there's about maybe 15 albums yeah. uh, with the Tiffany transcriptions. How many do you have? I have I have had as many as six. <laughs> I could only find maybe four. Huh. And I have some on CD, too. But uh, they are, the, in my mind, they are the best recordings of Bob Wills. And I think part of that is they're all live recordings. Mm-hmm. And um, they're... They're at the time where I feel like he's peaking. Yeah. And he's just playing every song under the sun at this time. One other thing that happened, they wrote words to the tune San Antonio Rose, Mm -hmm. and it became very popular, very, very popular. And then a guy named Bing Crosby sang it, and it was a monster hit when he sang it. Yeah. And I think that was uh, very beneficial for Bob, who uh, unfortunately would later sell the rights to that song well let's let's talk about that song briefly because it's an interesting it's an interesting story so he had this song called the spanish two-step that he reworked into the song this instrumental called san antonio rose well you know you can change the words to an old song and rearrange it (laughs) make make it it swing swing. yeah right and and then urban berlin's think publishing company wanted the song oh that's right and they showed up and they said where the lyrics he goes, there aren't, there ain't no lyrics. <laughs> oh. And so uh, I've heard two stories where somebody in the Irving Berlin company wrote lyrics and they hated them. Yeah. So they rewrote it. But it's the lyrics were written by his band members. So, yeah, they record San Antonio Rose. It's a reworking of their song, Spanish Two-Step. And it's an instrumental. And the first version, the instrumental version, uh, hits number um, number 15 on the pop charts in 1939. And Irving Berlin's publishing company gets interested. They want to buy it. And so Bob Wills works up the sheet music, uh, gets it back to them, gets it to them. And the representative goes, where's the lyrics? We don't buy anything without lyrics. And Bob Wills goes, there ain't none. (laughs) But there was $300 on the line. So Bob Wills wasn't going to let that go to waste. So he sits down with Tommy Duncan and another gentleman, uh, Everett Stone. And they start working on lyrics. And they come up with the lyrics. And they hand it to him. And off they go. They end up recording the song. A year later, in 1940, yep. the, the vocal version, and the record company names it the new San Antonio Rose <laughs> to differentiate it from the original one. Yeah. That one hits number 11 on the pop charts. Mm-hmm. Then Bing Crosby records it, as Doug mentioned. That hits number seven in 1940. Huge wow. hit for them. Yeah. And then they re-release it after the war, mainly because oh, there a, lot of, a lot of servicemen loved the Playboys. Hmm. And it goes up to number three on the country charts in 1944. So while it wasn't his biggest hit, because he had some number one singles, it was a big song for him and probably his most important song. (laughs) 
within my heart lies a melody, a song of old San Antonio, where in dreams I live with the memory beneath the stars all alone. It was there I found. And paid a lot of bills. It paid a lot of bills, yeah. And it would be interesting to see the huge list of how many people have covered that. <laughs> um, I know. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've played it in bands. I mean, it seems like almost for a while there, I was, whenever I would back a female vocalist, she would sing that song. It, Floyd Kramer. It's such a fantastic song. It is. Patsy Klein. Yeah. Gene Autry. And I think probably the definitive version was by Clint Eastwood. What did he do that in? Was that in Every Which Way But Loose? I don't know. Oh, I think it was in that Bronco oh, he, Billy. Yeah, bro, what, is that when he was a country singer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was not well perceived. I, no. John Denver sang San Antonio Rose. Did he really? That's inappropriate. It is. I bet it's a good version. I bet not. But it is. Well, he is from course, Texas. Uh, he is. He was not far from Turkey. Uh, Lubbock's, Lubbock's pretty close town. To, yeah. Anyway, so those are the California years. And, yeah. And... Uh, Something tragic happens, and it's called rock and roll. <laughs> and uh, the popularity of Bob Wills begins to wane. Yeah. He st- his band begins to shrink, and his finances are not very good because he's, well, he started a club out in California, and then he started another one in uh, Dallas. Yeah. And the people who were running that club were dishonest people. Hmm. Yeah. It's definitely from out of state, I would assume. And he starts to have health problems and financial problems. Yeah, and he's also drinking quite a bit. Well, and he also kicks, I mean, when you say he shrinks the band, the biggest one is he kicks Tommy Duncan out of the band. Yeah, yeah Tommy, the, the drinking leads to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tommy, Tommy, catches, Dun- Tommy catches all the uh, hell, hell from for, the audience for Bob Wills. For Bob Wills not being on stage. So they yeah. have a run in, and that leads to Bob Wills firing Tommy Duncan. I, I can't think of. I'm sure there's some some things that he could do that would be more stupid than that. But yeah. it's can, not can I, apparent. Can I say that the one positive, really great positive that came out of that horrible event was they got together later in life and released an album called Together Again, mm-hmm. which resulted in Buck Owens writing one of the greatest country songs of all time. Yeah, so. and uh, what. Called together again. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one of the most beautiful women of all time also recorded that. Yeah. My wife, I don't know if y'all have heard the recording, but she does a great job of it. Does she really? No. She's never <laughs> heard that song. Amy Lou. Amy Lou does a version. I just had to say that, so yeah, I won't get her to say it. Amy Lou does a version of it. Amy Lou does a version of it, and then yeah. later on, she, he and, she and Buck got together and mm-hmm. wrote, recorded oh, yeah. together yeah, again. Together again, right. together. Yeah. Again. One of the greatest so, steel lines of any country song mm-hmm. as well in that song. Are we ready for him to die yet? Um, I was never ready for him to die. Yeah, well, I, I know, but he, yeah, things start going. Here. Yeah, he, like Doug was saying, health's failing him. Another he's, thing that we didn't he's mention: had six wives. He's had too, six wives, and he's finally. But I believe he actually had five divorces. Like he one a year, one twice. yeah, and no. he married. Well, yeah, and you know he who married that was. One twice. That's Milton Brown's ex-wife. He married her twice. No. Yeah, no, yeah. no use in wasting wives. I guess not. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, his wife. He married one in 1942, and she stayed with him till the the day he died. 
here at This Is Vital Tap, we do not support people getting married and divorced six times or five times. Uh, so Only three. Only three. Yeah, three is okay. <laughs> Only three. <laughs> so we lost Bob Wills in uh, 1975. Yeah. Tony, where was uh, the king of Western Swing when he died? I believe he's in Fort Worth. Fort Worth. So it's Tony's. It's kind of like it's Tony's fault. You know, I, 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 anybody, any of my friends listening to this from Fort Worth are going to just call me up screaming that I didn't mess, message the or mention the uh, Crystal Springs dance hall, which was where he played mm-hmm. uh-huh. in Fort Worth, like a, a historical, amazing place. Yeah, and I'm I'm mentioning it now just so they don't call me up and yell at me. Well, yeah. they'll yell at you about something else, Tony. Well, uh, there's lots of people yelling at me about this. Stuff. This reminds me of Waylon Jennings. Uh, it's it's just such a tragedy that mm-hmm. he was not buried in Texas. I, I don't know how to handle things like this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the, he does have a reunion with um, Tommy Duncan, and then he is, the 60s come, he Dissolves whatever's left he of the forms a psychedelic. Man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Bob Wills experience. The, <laughs> the Bob Wills experience. Soon after that, though, he dissolves a band in 1965, and soon after that, he starts his health really starts going down the toilet. Two he gets strokes and two, two heart attacks. Two strokes, two heart attacks. He was inducted to the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame. I think it was in '68. Who inducted him? This is an interesting one. Do you know, Tony? I don't know. No, was Chris it? Isaac. What? <laughs> oh, that's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, I, he's talking about the Country, country Music, country oh, music sorry. Hall of Fame. Well, uh, still, Chris Isaac. That's pretty it, interesting. That is yeah, interesting. That is interesting. Wow, Doug, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so he had a stroke. He was in a wheelchair. He paralyzed his right side. He couldn't really play fiddle anymore. And then there's, I can't remember what the album, there's that, an album that's album made. album with Merle Haggard, uh, the best damn fiddle player of all time. Yeah. Uh, and we heard Merle Haggard at the beginning of the yeah. of the podcast that was him singing the yeah playboy theme yeah which was bob bob wills was there when he recorded yeah yeah he was able to make a few comments but he does what makes bob holler and he he does a couple of uh holler and it's for for those of you who haven't checked out that merle haggard album best damn fiddle player in the world it is it's good it's good i uh i was watching merle haggard play with the playboys I, I don't know where they were playing it may have been austin c limps i don't know where it was but he you've probably seen the one where he imitates johnny cash yes. and, yeah. uh, and yeah. buck owens and and he's just oh the one the one where he does uh the the big one is when he does marty robbins holy yes. cow yes. That's yeah spooky. that's amazing it's he is a master and when he's playing bob wills with the playboys he's imitating bob wills perfectly yeah, yeah. it is spooky well you know he's so good at that he he self-taught himself how to play fiddle at a very old age yeah, because he's, of he's, Bob Wills. I heard he just I, sat in the back of a bus and yeah. just practiced the fiddle the whole time. And, he, and he's playing, I mean, he's like Bob Wills. He's playing it with other people on an album, but he is playing the fiddle on that yeah. album. I'm self-taught on hollering like Bob Wills. <laughs> yeah, I saw Merle Haggard play with the Playboys. I guess it was 1990, I want to say 1993 at the Austin Aquafest. Oh, wow. Aquafest. Yeah, and I think, I want to say Leon was there, and Johnny Gimble was Which the... Which Leon? Roush? The what, singer? No, the, the pedal steel player. Oh, okay. Leon McAuliffe, really? Yeah, he was He was not, he didn't look so good. I don't know if it was the, maybe it was, I can't remember, maybe it was Tiny Moore. I think Tiny Moore was there, but I can't remember. 
But it was there was in Johnny Gimble, who was a later addition well, to the, uh, the the Playboys, kept doing shows. Yeah, ever and ever after. Bob John, was gone. Yeah. Johnny Gimble though played with the Playboys. When did he start? It was, I mean, he was a late addition. It was still yeah. fairly early, right? I yeah. want to say it was like in the fifties or late fifties, early sixties. That yeah. I want to say, but I don't know. Anyway, so. for doubters out there, Bob Wills, his shadow is enormous. Yeah, and the closer you get to musicians, the more appreciation there is. Uh, yeah, Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard. Uh, Waylon Jennings, Asleep at the Wheel. Uh-huh. It goes on and on. Yeah. And, uh, oh, uh, Buck Owens. Yeah. Uh, the Bakerfield sound, the Texas stuff. Everybody. I mean, George Strait. You wouldn't have George, George Strait yeah. without Bob Wills. I don't think. I think you're right about that. Yeah. And but let's not blame Bob for that. Uh, <laughs> some good George Strait <laughs> stuff out there. I, I don't have anything against George Strait. I just don't want to hear him. His his influence is enormous, and it extends beyond country music, as we said earlier. His yeah. his use of the blues really close to what happens in rock and roll yeah. years later. Yeah, so it's I think it's entirely appropriate for Chris Isaac to induct him into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, so we've decided we're each going to play two tunes. I thought we were picking three. We decided we're each going to play three tunes to help you learn about Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys. So, Jonathan J.M. Rowe is going to go first. All right. So, I just want to say that there's going to be songs we're not talking about because they were songs that they're historical and important. We talked about New San Antonio Rose. We're not talking about Take Me Back to Tulsa tonight, I don't believe. We're not talking about Chime Changes Everything, are we? Anybody pick that one? I didn't change Tech. Nope. Not me. So, so for Texas, we're not doing. Yeah, there's there's certain songs that are 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 very big Bob Will songs that everyone ought to know. We, we take for granted that people know that we're trying. I mean, some of the songs we're picking are classics, but there's reasons why we're picking them. But I just want everyone to know that we're not ignoring that stuff. It's just this was a this is personal attachment songs. Yeah, yeah, because we're already violating. Yeah, this is a complete violation. We might even talk about Bob Wilson, the Slee Stack, later. Um, uh, yeah. I think he played one in the uh, second season of yeah. Land of the Lost. He would be a horrible Slee Stack. <laughs> he would. Dancing around. Ah! <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. So the first song I'm going to play is actually mainly an instrumental. And the reason why I'm going to choose, I, I've chosen it is, um, I Chosify. think. Chosify. Re- reason I chose it was, um, I just think it really shows how good these guys were. And it, I don't think that there was a, uh, any, and I had never heard a steel guitar sound this way, um, before or since. And it's a song called steel guitar rag. Oh, board this train. Everybody get on ready. Let's go boys. Kick it off. Leon. Kick it off. Mighty fine tune there, boys. Yep. Jam, that was a good one there. Uh, Thank you. It made me think of a choo-choo train. Uh, 
And you just made me change my pick because you remind me of another Bob Wells song that I think is my favorite. Uh-oh. I thought I forgot that it was my favorite until I heard the Choo Choo Train song. Tony, yeah, do you have a pick for us from the King of Western Swing? Yeah, and what's funny is, as much as I love the great Tommy Duncan, it's a song that does not feature him on vocals. It's Home in San Antonio, which is an actually... I was not aware of this until recently. That's a Fred Rose tune. Fred Rose wrote it. I, I did that. not know that. Yeah, huh. It's a great song. It's it a is. great song. It was recorded in 42 and released in 43. The vocal is a guy named Danny Allguire. He was a trumpet player for the Playboys. Um, this is World War II time, so I'm not sure if he was a vocalist because Tommy Duncan was gone off to war already or if he was just one of the guys that Bob Wills because he would occasionally do it. Unless I'm mistaken, Tommy does sing that on a... Uh... Tiffany, Tiffany transfer. Yeah, but this was the single that was released. This it was, was a, a single. A, a two side. It was this and Miss Molly, and he sang vocals, lead vocals on Ooh, both. Miss Molly. So yeah, this is this is one of my favorite songs. Even though Tommy Tommy Duncan doesn't sing vocals on it, it's got just one of my favorite fiddle. I don't know, lack of ter- better term, fiddle bridges in it. I think the fiddle in it is fantastic. Fiddle jam. Fiddle jam. It's such a happy tune about this guy who's just as. Please this punch to just have his little home in San Antonio. So take it away, boys. I tell you what, you picked a good one there. I know, that's one of my favorites. For those of you who just listen, it's a very small clip from a fairly short song anyway, but just go back and listen to the instrumentation behind yeah. the vocals. It's crazy, crazy good and just crazy in general. The guitar, the fiddle, all that stuff, just mind-numbingly amazing. I think this is my favorite Bob Wills tune. And it was made my favorite Bob Wills tune because when I lived up in Amarillo and was driving over that lonesome flat land in the Texas Panhandle, it reminded me of this song. And this song reminded me of me. Away out there. All aboard this train. Headed for points northwest. And almost hear the whistle, boys. This your empty gondola here. You're not waiting on me, boy. Look out, Amarillo. A lonely spot I know where no man will go, where the shadows have all the room. I was riding free on that old SP. I'm in the southern tune. When a man came along, made me hush my song, kicked me off.
kind of Jimmy Rogers-y. It does, very much. That's a that's a good song. That yeah, is a very good song. I forgot about that song. Train, train song. Yep. It goes, at, uh, we're going all stop. Uh, Amarillo, <laughs> the land of good-looking women. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, I think you're up next. All righty. Well, my next tune is one that is sung by the great Tommy Duncan. I think that the lyrics are beautiful, and I think the way that Tommy sings it is absolutely beautiful. And it's just, a, it's a great song. Blue Bonnet Lane. In my lonely heart there lingers A dream that haunts me again Of a girl with eyes like the flowers That grew down in Blue Bonnet Lane I can see a pale moon rising Above a blue misty plain And I walk again with my darling Way down in Blue Bonnet Lane. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the hardest engineering job I've ever done. <laughs> having to turn down and stop these songs in the middle. It's it absolutely is, it hurts. excruciating. It hurts. There was a uh, disc jockey in Dallas-Fort Worth in the 80s on the zoo, KZW. Charlie, I can't remember his name, but every time he would play Pink Floyd and, and the song would be over, he'd go, Floydus Interruptus. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. It is funny. Well, that is funny. I don't know if it'd be funny every time. <laughs> um, T? Yeah. Speaking of you, you're up now. Okay. You got a tune for us? I do, and it's. I need a little bit of explanation for this. It's a Christmas song. <laughs> I picked this song. It, it may not... Look, this may not be my favorite Bob Will song, but this song makes me unbelievably happy. Every time I hear it, it's called Santa's on his way. It was the B side to a Christmas single they did called when it's Christmas time on the range and Santa's on his way. It was recorded late as November 94. Jack Lloyd is a singer and he was 20 when he joined the band. He's one of the youngest guys to play in the playboys at that when did point. They record it 49. Okay. I like think you said 94. Yeah. Oh, did I? Yeah. And I was saying that's why I haven't heard it. It's just in the nineties. <laughs> Sorry. Like 49. That's my, uh, but yeah, he was a vocalist and a bass player with them. I just love this song. It's a very simple with tune. Them? With the Playboys. Sorry. <laughs> uh, not with them. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's a simple tune. There's not any fiddle on it. The horns are very limited, but they are kind of got this kind of Dixielandy kind of thing. There's bells chiming throughout it. It's a Christmas song. It's it's. I'll admit, it seems almost like a borderline novelty song, with the exception of the guitar and the bass elevated way above that. Be above that, and like I said, it just makes me so damn happy. And it's it. it's appropriate because the season is just around the corner. That is correct. Mm -hmm. We'll be entering uh, Advent in about three or four weeks, I believe. I believe so. they're right. So here yeah. we go. Santa's on his way. Boys who promise to be good oh. Got a bike for Billy and a 
a doll for Jane, got a dress for Mary and a sewing game, a plane for Johnny and a cowboy gun. He's got something for everyone. Oh. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Oh, here the merry sleigh. Jingling, well, I like that music, Tony, but I find the subject matter highly offensive. Well, and it's uh, funny. It's very binary on the toy choices, and <laughs> we're encouraging kids to play with uh, guns, toy guns. Um, real guns. Yeah, it's a, it's a song of its time. It's, it is also funny how much Jack Lloyd is obviously trying to sound like Tommy Duncan on that song. Yeah. <laughs> but, That's true. Uh, and on a side note, I believe it featured in a Simpsons Christmas, Christmas episode one time. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds very something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, thank you. I, I don't believe I've ever heard that one before, and I'm I didn't sure know I could I say either. that about a yeah. uh, Bob Wills tune. I have the big fat Bear Family uh, CD deal there. Oh, that thing is great. CDs in it. Yeah, that's um, an amazing box set. It's, it's when you get it out, though, you don't listen to anything else for a month. It's well, you have dangerous. to. Yeah, it's you yeah. got a deep dive. You got. Oh, what about this? Anyway, uh, I believe I'm next, so that's exciting, and. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to play one for T. This one's called Big Balls in Cowtown. T? Yes, sir. Where's Cowtown? Cowtown is Fort Worth, Texas. That's right. That's where you got out of the stable Mm -hmm. and turned into a vegetarian. And when they're... (laughs) Sorry, Fort Worth people. And that's uh, when they were playing the uh, dance hall up there. I'm guessing it was a pretty big ball. And uh, what, what... Why is it called Cowtown? Well, you got the Fort Worth stockades. The stockyards. It's the end end of of the the Chisholm Trail. Yep. 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 All right. I think it would be so fun to be in a dance hall full of people that knew what they were doing dancing to that song. <laughs> Who's singing that? Do you know? I thought it was Leon, but I'm not. It might. It might, it might be. be it Leon, might be Leon yeah. Rouse. This is a very. This is a very late record. Yeah. With yeah. a very. It's a real polished record. It has a. Um, the most. I got it over here somewhere. But well, it's, it's the most polished version of any of his songs I've ever heard. It's, yeah. It makes. I mean, it makes sense. Leon Roush was a Fort Worth boy. In fact, a little brief aside, a friend of mine grew up next door to him, really? didn't know who he was, and wondered what all that Playboy stuff in his garage was all about. Oh, wow. <laughs> I got wow, I got wow. to tell y'all a funny story. Uh, this may get put on the floor. I don't know. But uh, I was serving breakfast at a scout camp, and I said, you have to have a hat on, sir, to do it. You know, and I, so I went and put my hat on it. I said, Bob Wilson, the Texas Playboys. And... Uh, some scoutmaster comes by and goes, nice hat. And I go, oh, thank you. But he did not mean nice hat as in nice hat. He meant you're an immoral person because you have playboys. Oh, my oh, gosh. Geez. So apparently, I, this is something I learned from later on. Uh, there is a magazine that features <laughs> uh, pictures of uh, ladies who are not as uh, clothed as they should be, and that's what he thought it was in all the all together, as they say. Yeah, ladies in the all together. <laughs> <laughs>
So I do. I always thought that was funny. Yep. Okay. Uh, that means that JM is next. All right. This is my last, uh, last, my last chance. Pick. My last pick. I'm going to go with just one of my just absolute favorite songs. It is, uh, I, every time I hear this song, I get a, a big smile on my face. I think the lyrics are hilarious, and they're also, at the same time, hilarious and sweet at the same time. And this is a non-boo-hoo song. This is a very much mm. a non-boo-hoo song. And my favorite Bob Will song, but Jam picked it, so I couldn't pick it. <laughs> this is Roly Poly. Roly poly, eating corn and taters, yeah. hungry every minute of the day. Oh. Roly poly, gnawing on a biscuit, long as he can chew it, it's okay. He can eat an apple pie and never even bat an eye. He likes everything from soup to hay. Roly-poly, daddy's little fatty, bet he's gonna be a man someday. Oh! Man, that is it's some great guitar work on that, just all over the place. Well, that's, uh, um, that's great mandolin work. Yeah, it? that's great mandolin work. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's tiny. That's, uh, that's well, there's two. There's tiny yeah, more. Yeah, they're, uh, they're doing it a little twin. But uh, I got it, that from the Almond Brothers. It's really hard not to sing that song when it's playing. I'd sit it here is. and keep it. Is. Well, I've never been a been a father before, but I would think that if you're a father and you see your fat little kid running around the kitchen, <laughs> you probably sing that to him on more than one occasion. I it, have it, sung that, yeah. It is. Uh, it like I said, it's my favorite, if not one of my favorite Bob Will songs. Maybe one of my favorite songs. Period. Yeah, I love that great, song. So great much. song and. Uh, and yeah. Jam stole it from me. Um, I, <laughs> well, we're all in this sorry, together, brothers. Sorry. I always, when someone steals an album I want to do, I always feel like I'm getting a free one. Try to take that. Uh, well, take I will. I uh, got you. Okay. Okay, Tony, it's your ultimate pick. Yeah, I think I'll. I think I'll make up for this by playing Maiden's Prayer. Uh-oh. That's that's, that's my. Oh, <laughs> nobody can nobody can go up against Maiden. That's Spurs. that's my just... pick, and the and the and the version I'm going to play was a single version. There's not any strings on this version of the song. I did not know this. Maybe you guys knew this or not. This is actually based on a classical piece from the mid 1800s, written by a Polish composer named Tech. I'm going to screw this guy's name up, but Tekla Bardazuska Baranowska. Really? Yeah. Well, if you screwed that up, I don't think anyone's going to notice. <laughs> Evidently, Bob Wills heard it while he was working in a barbershop in Roy, New Mexico, and he, arra- he rearranged it for a fiddle, fiddle tune. It was recorded for the first time as a fiddle tune in those Dallas sessions in 35 where the producer told him to shut up. He later wrote lyrics for it and re-recorded it again six years later, which is the version we're going to play in 1941 with, of course, it's the only song I picked that has vocals vocals by the great Tommy Duncan. Vocals are incredible on this song. And for anybody who who had a cursory knowledge about Tommy Duncan and wanted to know why he was compared so much to Bing Crosby, listen to this song and you'll understand exactly why people made that comparison. And this is Maiden's Prayer. Maiden's Prayer. And if someone doesn't like this song... how? How could we describe them? <laughs> They're a horrible person. A horrible, horrible person. person. I, I agree. All right, here we go. Look out there, Mr. Shamlin. Yeah. Twilight falls, evening shadows fine. Tell us, Tommy. Beneath the stars, a maiden so fair divine. The moon on high. 
seem to see her there In her eyes was a light shining ever so bright As she whispered a silent prayer All right, ladies and gentlemen. That sounds almost like a Glenn Miller... (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, that's the point. I, I misspoke. There was obviously guitar on that song, so there were yeah. stringed instruments. But, well, he um, says, "Ah, Eldon." <laughs> yeah, no fiddle though. Yeah, and it I, is. I, I'm so used to hearing it. With I know. The fiddles. I am that too. Was, that was a little uh, kind disconcerting. Of for yeah. me. I, I I believe I've heard that before, but I haven't heard it in a very long time. That's a great version. No, it's it an amazing version. And after the vocals are done, Glenn Miller. Yeah. After well, you should. It, we can't, of course, play the whole song, but after the vocals are done, it really, the swinging really kicks in. Oh, it's really? just great. Wow. Speaking of that swinging, mm-hmm. failed to talk about one of the most important parts of this music, and that's the time. Uh, he takes everything and puts it in a 2 4 time. Yeah. If you listen to the drums, that drummer has to work a lot. Yeah. But it's not complicated. Job. No. It's not a complicated drumming. So it- this was a number one hit for him. Is that right? In 1940, this version. Uh-huh. It was a, a Billboard's Hillbilly and Foreign Records Hits of the Month. And there's like a. That con- was so unhillbilly. That's funny. That's, well, it's a Western Swing band, right? And it there's a connection to it. While it wasn't on the album version released in 1975, it was on the expanded reissue of Redheaded Stranger, Willie Nelson singing Maiden's Prayer. I right. didn't know that. I didn't know I don't, that. Either. I don't know that I've even heard him sing that. It's either. really nice. He has, a, he has a good voice for that kind of he song. He does. Yep. He does. All right. Well, we should have done that one last. But <laughs> I think I have one that's almost as good. JM will know this well. I used to force. Uh, <laughs> JM and I grew up at the same hill country camp in, uh, outside Lake E, Texas. Yep. And it's one of. One of the parts of the perks of my job is I was in control of the music, and I was able to force everyone in the camp to listen to my music all the time. Yeah, and that that doesn't fit your personality at all, Doug. That's really weird. Uh, One of the nice things was I was able to force all of those teenagers to listen to Bob Wills nonstop, (laughs) and uh, we'd always have a rodeo, and I'd always have someone come up and sing this song at every rodeo. Mm -hmm. Uh, This song is called "Faded Love." It has been recorded by gazillions of people. I think Patsy Cline made the biggest hit of it. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Bob Wills song, Faded Love. As I look at the letters that you wrote to me, it's you that I am thinking of As I read the lines that to me were so sweet I remember our faded love I miss you darling more and more every day As heaven would miss the stars above when those guys all sing together, I love like yeah. Miss Molly when they do that on the chorus. Yep. Yeah, it's so you great. Know, it's on, all of them around one mic. Yeah, and then when they when they kick and in on faded love, there. I, I'm yeah. not sure why that's not used more. I guess I don't know. laziness. Everybody yeah. wants to be able to control every little bit of it, each yeah individual Man, input. That's such a great song. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys. As you can see, we're operating on a lot of emotion tonight. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's probably been 
bit of a mess made of this uh, in that we couldn't stop jumping from here to there to talk about this wonderful music. If you're a Texan and you didn't know about Bob Wills, welcome. <laughs> you're, you know about it now. You don't ever have to confess that you're coming to it late. <laughs> that that sin is as far as the east is from the west now and you are you are free to be a real texan and love bob wills if you're not from texas you can love bob wills too there's nothing that says you can't yeah even if you're from canada you can like bob Wills. that's right and we love our canadians we love our canadians even i, I like the beach boys yeah i don't yeah i'm not from I, I california got, yeah i like uh neil young i like guess who yeah and a canadian i like, I like rush i like golden earring canada Golden earrings from uh, what? Denmark. I like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like. What, are there like any that. bands from England that we can yeah. think of? Jeez, uh, oh, are there any bands from England? I don't. Know. I like. The I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know. I've been accused of not liking too many bands from the UK. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we would love to hear what you think is your best uh, Bob Wills song. So, if you can uh, send that to us, I'm gonna turn it on over to Jonathan J M Rowe, who is the closer. All righty. And I'm going to tell you how you can uh, get in touch with us and let us know what your favorite Bob Wills song is. Uh, we have a Twitter account at Tapping Vinyl. We also have a uh, Facebook. Do we have a blue check mark yet? Uh, we don't have a blue uh, check we mark. We haven't yet. paid for it yet. Yeah, we haven't paid for it. <laughs> get yeah. up eight bucks. Yeah. Uh, we you also can visit our Facebook group page. And if you're old school like me, you can uh, send us an email at tappingvinyl at gmail.com but as always if you want the ultimate this is vinyl tap experience visit our webpage at tappingvinyl.com where you can leave us a comment uh, leave us a request let us know what uh, your favorite Bob Wills song is and you can also find all sorts of good stuff up there related to the uh, past episodes and uh, current episodes pictures uh, alternate recordings videos and uh, just all sorts of good stuff. Tony, Tony does a great job on that webpage. For our host, Doug Cooper, co-host, Tony Slagle, and me, your humble producer, Jonathan J.M. Rowe, this is Vinyl Tap, where all the podcasts go to 11. And remember, if it's not faded, it's a shade paler. Oh! This is a song we learned from Wayne and Jenny. Forgot it wasn't he wasn't the singer in Every Which Way But Loose. Uh, Sandra Locke was the singer in that. Oh, well, he did sing Every Which Way But Loose. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Eddie Rabbit did. What song did he sing? <laughs> he didn't sing anything in that movie. I thought he sang Every Which no. Way But Loose. No, Sandra Locke was the singer in that that he falls in love Every with. Which way but oh man, we are really down a rabbit hole now. <laughs> John right, Denver turn sang, John Denver sang, and it's odd because. 
the if one Willie Nelson isn't buried here. I'm going to yeah, lose it. I'm going to lose it. He'll you have know? to be in a it's, state it's, cemetery. It's funny when you think about the. He will be in the state cemetery. Willie Nelson was he's in got, the Navy. He's got to be in the state cemetery. I mean, Jerry Jeff's in the state cemetery, and yeah. he's a New Yorker. Well, I'll be. Well, but he did a good job of faking it. <clears throat> he did. I think he fooled all of us yeah. for a long time. Well, my grandfather and grandmother are there. Right. right next to Tom Landry. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. He's not really there. He just has a headstone. Is that right? I don't know. Are you serious? Where is he? Based? I don't know. I better research that before I... St- Some Tom Landry fan, Hank Hill's going to call me and give me a lecture. <laughs> wow. 